Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me today for another fantastic conversation to help you improve your career and the impact you're making in talent development. Today, I'm speaking with Netta Schlickman, who is a human performance executive with more than 25 years of experience leading high-performance teams. Netta continuously pioneers leading talent development strategies, enabling business impact through agility and transformative market-leading solutions. In 2008, Netta assumed the role of Chief Learning Officer for the U.S. and Global Tax at Deloitte and led the transformation of the talent development strategy for both tax organization and cross-business talent development. She had a principal role in establishing the learner experiences at Deloitte University and the learning experience at Deloitte overall. And in this interview, we talk a lot about how she established those experiences and Deloitte's approach to learning. Currently, in addition to her U.S. and global tax CLO role, Netta serves as the Deloitte Deputy Talent Development Leader, accountable for talent development digital strategy, U.S. India talent development team, and U.S. and USI talent development operations. She also conceived and leads Deloitte's award-winning social impact initiative, Courageous Principles, providing leadership development to school principals, impacting over 2 million students to date. Netta worked for eight years at Sears Holding, and she was also at Arthur Anderson before that. We talk a little bit about her career and what she learned from being in the public space, going through major mergers and acquisitions, and especially her experience working at Deloitte for the last 13 years, standing up a phenomenal corporate university like Deloitte University, what Deloitte's experience, Deloitte's learning experience looks like and the approach before COVID, as well as how it has changed during COVID and how Deloitte has adapted to these virtual and remote times. We also talk a lot about Deloitte's very unique approach to content curation and the learning experience platform or LXP. 
And uh, you're going to hear uh, Nada talk about her passion and all the work that Deloitte has put into this progressive experience platform. And if you want more information, Netta has written a series of five articles on LinkedIn about the importance of the learning experience platform and how Deloitte has approached setting that up for its over 100,000 employees worldwide. So if you are interested in learning, in talent development, in setting up corporate universities, especially about creating a great learning experience and really taking a people-first approach, you are going to want to check out this interview with Netta. And of course, as always, we have bonus content, bonus questions with Netta that are available inside the Talent Development Think Tank community. So if you're a member, make sure you go check that out on our Members Only podcast. And if you're not a member, come join us. We have over 90 amazing members right now in the Talent Development Think Tank community. It's growing all the time. We'd love to have you come check it out, listen to the rest of this interview, and join us for some of our live calls that we're having every week. In fact, I think Netta Schlichtman might be joining us soon for some Q&A inside the Talent Development Think Tank community. The website to check out and get more information is tdtt.us. Lots more information to come. Here is my interview with Netta Schlickman, who is the Chief Learning Officer for Deloitte Tax in the U.S. and globally. Enjoy. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am on with Netta Schlickman, who is Chief Learning Officer of U.S. and Global Tax for Deloitte. Netta, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Andy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, really excited to have you on. We've been connected for a few years now and uh, finally able to get this going. I think we've We've probably crossed paths as I've done some work with Deloitte in the past, and you've been there for a few years doing some really interesting work, including opening Deloitte University more than a decade ago and all kinds of transformation work. And I'm excited to dig into that. Um, before we do, maybe I thought we could start with a little bit of your background, you know, what you do and, and how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, um, first of all, I'm really glad to finally be in, interacting with you live this way. As you said, we've been connecting uh, for quite some time. Um, I, I actually started my career as a school teacher, hmm. and I taught high school for a few years, and uh, uh, I, I stumbled across corporate learning through Arthur Anderson. They were hiring interns with uh, master's in curriculum instruction, I said, hmm, that might be interesting, and that was the beginning of an a, a amazing career, and although I'm not done with my career yet, but it, it certainly was and that's where I started in instructional design and continue to grow and take on different roles and change management, uh, leadership development, et cetera. And I then went to industry to Sears Holdings where not only did I do more learning and change management roles, but then I actually shifted and went to a broader talent, uh, talent. and I headed up talent for Sears Holdings at the uh, corporate functions. And then, um, some colleagues from Deloitte called back in 2008 and said, hey, we're building a university. Um, we know your Anderson years. You know what a university is about. Love to have your contribution to that. Would you be interested in coming back? And that was the beginning of um, one of the best decisions I've frankly made for my career. And that was back in 2008. And okay. I've done tremendous, um, had tremendous opportunities to do a lot of different things in the my goodness, 13 years that I've been here. That's fantastic. And, you know, interesting that you you moved from, you know, professional services into kind of the retail corporate holdings world and then back into professional services. What are some of the big differences, like stark differences between those two worlds that you like think about and 
and you've noticed as you worked in both places? Well, certainly, you know, I, I started a partnership, went to a public company, mm -hmm. back to a partnership. So you don't have the pressures of a public company where you have stakeholders and, and, and such. But one of the reasons I came back to professional services was frankly, the, the capital power knowledge base that, that, that exists. We have really smart people working in professional services. And we also have access to great resources. And we have to continuously be innovating because if we're not innovating, if we're not being forward thinking, then we're not serving our clients. So the pressure to innovate and be ahead of the game continuously is, is really important. The other thing why professional services called me is uh, we're in one business and we're in the people business. And so investing in our people has always been a, a, a priority for, for the organizations that have been part of. And for Deloitte, we take developing our people seriously. And I, I knew that. And I knew regardless of the market pressures, regardless of what may come, that would be our focus. I believe it. I mean, where you could look at the Sears or, you know, companies, retail companies like that and say, well, really in the real estate business, even though people operate things, right. But when it comes to professional services, it is all about the people. Going back to your time at Sears, I'm sure you were doing the best work you could. And Sears is an iconic brand that has been around for a hundred years, but no secret, the, the brand and the company has been in decline for a few decades now. And so that had to be a challenge and a struggle working for a company that is, you know, kind of declining and there's almost, it almost seemed like nothing you could do about it, right? What was it like going through that? And, and what are a couple of lessons maybe you pulled from that experience? Yeah, well, I have to caveat that I haven't been in Sears since 2008. Sure. And, and a lot has happened from 2008 to today. But during the tenure that I was there, you know, I, I worked under two CEOs. And in the middle of my tenure there, we went through a merger. Mm. with Kmart. That's right. And so that, frankly, anyone who's been through a merger knows that um, <clears throat> you got two cultures coming together and trying to blend those two cultures and picking the best of the best and trying to engage your professionals. While it was challenging, I will tell you, it was probably the most growth opportunity I had professionally and personally. I learned so much about um, engagement, about culture around uh, assimilation, leadership development, strategy. I mean, I could go on and on. And it was, uh, so for me, that was probably a huge growth period for me. And that was also when I made my shift from going from an L&D organization to broad talent, which we used to call HR. And it was, it was so while it was difficult and there was a lot of um, change, continuous change, and yes, a lot of market pressures and, and having to be competitive and revenues, revenue was shrinking. It was also, but as a professional, a great opportunity for me. Yeah, it sounds like really fantastic experience. And some of those, some of the most challenging times create the best experience for us that we can leverage to Absolutely. help us later in our career, right? So then you, you went to Deloitte. And as you mentioned, you were asked to come in to help open Deloitte University. And I've had the pleasure of, of working at Deloitte University a couple of times years ago. It is just a phenomenal facility, you know, top-notch, state-of-the-art, everything. What was it like? What was the experience like 
planning and putting that together, especially in a large growing firm like Deloitte, I'm sure there were many, many opinions, right, in how to set it up. Uh, but ultimately, you had to come to a decision and say, this is what it's going to look like and then get it going. Yeah, well, it truly took a village to, to build Deloitte University. And of course, you have all kinds of people across the firm involved, and there was a PMO involved in that. And my part and the part of my colleagues in similar roles at Deloitte uh, were to really bring that learner lens to this. And, and, and what was the learning experience that we wanted to create at Deloitte University? So from the space that I operated about, uh, in, it wasn't about brick and mortar. We let, we let other people that that's their specialty handle that. For us, as I mentioned, is what is that Deloitte experience? And while we want people to have that Deloitte experience when they come to Deloitte University, we also wanted them actually to have a similar Deloitte experience when they're taking learning in their local office or they're taking it through e-learning, et cetera. So it was a period of learning transformation for us and, and throwing everything out and trying to figure out how do, we, how do we create a learning experience through some guiding principles that we had adopted. And, and then really thinking about what is Deloitte University to be used for? Why would someone go to Deloitte University versus the local office or, or somewhere else? And so we had, it was trying to come up with those guiding principles. It was trying to create, um, uh, it was really it took us looking at each of our curriculum and each of our businesses and saying, is it going to give the people the experiential um, exp uh, opportunities when they right. come in? And so even like what kind of design we did was challenge. And so it was really a beginning of a lot of uh, transformation in our learning space, frankly. Yeah, so when you were putting that together, it's not just about we're gonna create a building where people can go do training, but what does the overall Deloitte learning experience look like and then set guidelines for when does training or experience happen at Deloitte University versus a local office versus maybe digitally or virtually and what do we want that experience to be like for all of our partners, our members, our employees as they go through these different learning experiences and as we find ways to develop them? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it is a place of culture for me, formation for us. That is where acculturation happens for our firm. And so imagine 110,000 people walking the halls, not obviously at the same time, right. it's a magnificent, but interacting cross business cross-discipline. It's very powerful to understand the breadth and depth of Deloitte. Yeah, uh, it's, it's huge and, and growing. So you, you helped build this beautiful facility and, and laying out the plan for how people go about learning and development, what that overall learning experience looks like. And then COVID hits in 2020 and impacted you like it impacted all of us, right? And then you had to change gears. How did you, how did you address that and, and respond and you know, did you move a lot of learning to digital or virtual, you know, during the last year? And what does that look like for Deloitte? Well, obviously, nobody could have predicted what happened right. in 2020. And so we had live programs planned at DU. The good thing, we also had a mix of virtual and digital learning that we also had in our, in our, in our disposal. But when, when COVID did hit and we went into lockdown and our offices shut down, we absolutely had to quickly pivot to virtual live to more digital and and Deloitte University we we had to close down for a per period of time 
But while Deloitte University was closed, it didn't mean we weren't doing work trying to think about what's the realm of possibility when we start to glide back into the offices and, and, and traveling again. And so we were strategizing and the team at Deloitte University strategizing about what might the new normal be once we, we, we go back to the offices. And so, you know, starting this summer, we will, we will uh, test and learn a number of scenarios and figure out our, our space configuration, what's you know, the safety of it. And we will have some programs late fall, early winter, and hopefully full force back in January. Oh, that would be, that's great to hear, right? Things are coming back and you got to kind of gradually test things. As you thought about keeping learning and development growing, because I know you mentioned earlier, Deloitte is a people first organization that you're all about developing people. You take people development very seriously, you know, with the physical facility like Deloitte University shut down for a year or whatever it's been now, obviously you couldn't just stop learning. So how did you approach providing development, the right amount of development to people in a virtual way? I'm, I'm sure it wasn't just a matter of like, a matter of like, hey, let's take these in-person programs and just put them on Zoom, right? Because I think we've right. all learned that doesn't necessarily work. So how did you think about keeping that momentum going and making sure people had the right amount of learning opportunities? Yeah, well, we had several things going for us because even though we had a university, our strategy was always having the right balance of virtual live or digital um, as well. So one of the things we had was a system called Cura. Hmm. And Cura is, um, I will say, it's leading edge. And Cura is a content curation system that integrates both our internal content, digital content, as well as external uh, content that we have selected and contracted, uh, i.e. LinkedIn Learning or some other things that we have in there. Right. And so um, we had been working on this effort for the last three and a half years. And amazingly, when COVID hit, the system was ready to roll. I was ready to now, go. What we had to do is while it was ready to roll in the US, not all the other member firms around the globe had it. Had it. And so our team quickly pivoted to, um, to, to open it up to entire globe. And so within a within couple months, uh, we were able to have close to over 300,000 people accessing Cura. And what we were able to do in Cura was to create pathways and journeys for our professionals to go in through some guided learning. And, and they can access, the, and then they can also access the digital, digital content on their own. And so that, beca that became a really critical tool for us. But we also had other systems as well. You mentioned Zoom, of course, and we had uh, other Saba systems and some other things that we, we, we had at disposal because we've been doing virtual since 2008, yeah. frankly. And so, so we did, uh, we had to look at each of our courseware. We had to, per and we couldn't just lift and shift. It's not going to create engaging learning. Right. So we did have to step back and think about how do we, how do we learn the systems that we have and understand its capability? Because that, that was upping our game within the L&D organization. Do we understand how to use the systems that are available to us? And how do we up our game so that we can create the, the, uh, engaging design? Yeah. And just because we have a three-day course doesn't mean you need a three-day Zoom session. Yes. So we purposefully had to 
really uh, very quickly redesign all of our programs. And it, it's a journey. Did we hit it out of the park from the get-go from an engagement? Probably not. Have we gotten better? Absolutely. And we continue to share across businesses uh, the things we've done to make our learning engaging. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat, known for creating learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. You mentioned a content curation system and you mentioned things like LinkedIn learning. You know, how do you approach curating the content? Because there's 110,000 employees or more who are accessing things and you obviously got to have things organized and the right type of content and maybe not overwhelming. How do you approach curating that content to make sure the right stuff is there? We do this through a couple of mechanisms. One, our content curation system has a machine learning component. Hmm. So based on your interest, based on your, um, who you are in the system, it recognizes who you are through a single sign-on, we are able to serve up the content that you want. So that's one. So we don't have to do curation for you as an individual. You basically tell the system what you want to see more of, and it'll give you new information. The other element of, of this is that because it makes all the content that Deloitte has globally, not just in the US, so three, over 350,000 people today are accessing Cura. Because, and, and all the countries that are on there, we now have transparency, access and reach to all the content that's available internally. And all the third-party vendors that we work with and contracts that we have for content, we've struck global, we've struck global um, contracts with. So then everybody has access to those. And, 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 and so these are Deloitte, what I call Deloitte sanctioned content that we want everyone to have access to. And, and, and um, our L&D organization plays a pivotal role in curating some of the content, but we also have firm, uh, uh, firm resources or, or um, um, subject matter experts that will help guide. So instead of sitting across the subject matter expert uh, and asking them what is important, we can also search the system to see where's the content and save a lot of subject matter expertise time in our development process. Yeah. So we curate it from that lens as well. It's almost like having the frequently asked questions section on a website, like instead of contacting customer service, we have all the answers for you right here yeah. with a chatbot. And we have a search mechanism. So mm. any topic within the system, we can search any topic, rather, rather it's blockchain, rather it's, it's anything around any of the disruptive technologies or industry, we can search and it will serve us up what's available. And, it, and we can filter by, is it an article? Is it, is it, a, is it a video? Is it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we have, we have a social collaboration element to this. Hmm. So people can, can share content and they can like content 
and they, they can create groups where they're just sharing content within their own private groups. So a lot of this is what enabled us during a really critical time during COVID to make learning available to our professionals real time. Um, I, I, you know, there, there, there are engagement teams that were all of a sudden pull, were asked to come together cross-functionally to serve a certain client. We needed to turn around and train them up to that for that client within a week's time so they can go serve. Hmm. Through, through the system, we were able to create pathways for them to say, you need to do this and here's the assessment you need to take, go forth. And we did that within a week and they were deployed against engagement in a week. Wow. I love that. And, and speaking of teams, I was thinking about this and my experience working a lot in professional services with professional services, you know, before COVID, it was, it was common that teams come together to work for a client. They all get on a plane and meet at the client site and they're there every week. And I would imagine since COVID, everybody's been working virtually remotely and not getting on planes and going to client sites, but they still need to get aligned on what they need to do, get educated and really come together cohesively as a team. So how do you approach team effectiveness in the virtual remote world? Is it is it very similar to what was done before or is it different? Well, I think it's different. There's certainly different. It's different from many lenses. You know, when you're not face-to-face and you're in video, obviously there are different nuances to it. But remember, COVID put other stressors in the system because you had multiple family members working at home. Mm-hmm. You had children at home. So, you know, we had to, as an organization, build some flexibility for when people worked or, or how they worked, if they had their camera on or not on. It, it, those are things we had to be fluid in. But I, I do, not being face-to-face, I do think, you know, we had the benefit of at least being able to communicate with people through video. And we did need to equip our professionals with tools and techniques around working virtually mm. and building that discipline, how you work virtually, because there is a discipline. Yeah. There, there are techniques and time management elements around working virtually. We also had to, uh, we also provided tips and traps and techniques and development around how do you coach through a virtual environment? How do you engage? How do you create communities? You know, people got creative, teams got creative also, you know, the, creating virtual uh, 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 gatherings uh, where they, or virtual gaming for, you know, after hours with their cohorts to build those things. Our new hires, we had to create cohorts where they came together because they, they've never seen a, a local office. Hmm. And so we created cohorts for them to come together and share and, and just bond outside of a outside of talking about anything developmental, but just bond together. So um, there's not one answer about how we did teaming. It was some things that we structured, but there was a lot of organic things that teams did themselves and Mm -hmm. coaches did themselves to try to create that engagement for our professionals. I was just going to add one more thing. What was interesting though, I also think personally, I built stronger relationships with some groups than I had ever, even those that I had met face to face. For example, I, I lead a team in India. I had made several visits to India over the last several years. I make about two visits a year to India. This past year, I made closer connections to my Indian colleagues than ever before because I was on Zoom calls with them multiple times a, a week. Yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't all bad. Right. That's really cool. And it, and it kind of, 
you know, it aligns with what I've heard throughout the pandemic, which is that you may reach to the surprise of many organizations, uh, productivity and even engagement has been up for most organizations because they've found ways to come together, to talk, to connect more often on video platforms like Zoom. And, you know, to your point, it, it makes empathy, communication, creativity that much more important. I mean, everybody's been rising to the occasion. The trade-off or downside I've heard to that is that people are working more than ever and burnout has become really prevalent throughout the corporate world. That was already a challenge in professional services, especially in audit and tax, from my experience, people working long hours and that risk of burnout. But now I feel like for a lot of companies in every industry, that's become a big issue because people are working a ton. They're not really taking much time off. The computer's always there. Have you done anything to kind of combat that or make sure that people are taking care of their mental health and, and avoiding that burnout? Yeah, I, listen, I, I, this is not because I, I, um, I, I'm trying to blow smoke or anything like this. I will tell you, Deloitte is a people company. Mm. We've been leading edge on people benefits and things for a long time. And one of the things that we've taken seriously, even before COVID, was our people's well-being. And so we would be very mindful in how we support our professionals through COVID, giving them the flexibility to work in ways that is conducive to the, the, the situation we find ourselves, ensuring that people are taking their time off. We've, we've, we've provided people with extra time and just spend how, your day how you wanted days, um, uh, giving people time to go take care of their, themselves and their loved ones during COVID without worrying about running out of PTO or anything like that. I can go on and on. So well-being is very much integrated in how we work. And well-being is not a program. It's now become a way of our culture. And so we're very mindful. Coaches are very mindful. We check in with our people to make sure they have the balance they need. And as I mentioned earlier, working virtually is, is both an art and a science. You also have to have some self-discipline to make sure you cut off, you, you know, you shut off your computer a certain time because otherwise you could keep it going 24 seven. And so we've been very careful about just ensuring our people are equipped with the know-how to make this a, a, a workable situation. And it, you know what? Um, our talent surveys will tell you that we've done a good, leadership has done a great job there. Uh, it's great to hear because that is something that's become an issue for a lot of organizations and you know, you say your people first, you got to back that up and, and make Absolutely. sure you take care of your people. So it's great to hear that you're doing that. The last thing I wanted to ask you about is that you've been writing some articles recently, Netta, and sharing about the learning experience platform or LXP. And I know we've talked a little bit about the approach already, but what can you tell us about, you know, what does that mean? What is that? And what do you, what do you think people need to know now about having a great uh, LXP or learning experience platform? Well, you know, I referenced Cura, which is our LXP. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 is a, it is an effort that we embarked on following a very robust um, talent development digital strategy work that we did about four years ago. Trying to think about, you know, we have, we have a very dynamic market that we operate in. We hire, and I'm not even gonna quote a number, but thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people a year that we have to onboard and assimilate to our organization. Our clients, demand the best of us. And we have multiple talent models that where people come in with different experiences, different knowledge base. 
this cookie cutter, one size fit all learning that typically happened is never going to service and it's, it's not going to service going forward. So part of that develop that talent development digital strategy work we did is how do we build agility and nimbleness in how we develop our people real time. How do we build nimbleness so that as our business grows, we can we can provide real time learning? How do we shorten the, the, the development time for our L&D organization so we can get learning in the hands of our professionals fast? And so based on that, we created a technology roadmap. And one of the number one priorities we identified was on LXP, where we can provide a system where people can have access to learning 24 seven in the way they want to consume it and served up to them based on their interests and in the space where they can collaborate and connect and they can share content. And so um, that's what we embarked on about three and a half years ago. And um, in the articles that, I've, that I'm sharing, it's really about our journey because it was the, one of the toughest initiatives I ever had the opportunity to lead because this wasn't just about a system. One, uh, it, it was challenging because it was going, the reach that we were trying to make, 350,000 people on one system. I don't think any other organization has done that. That's huge. From an LXP perspective. Two, um, this was about trying to create transparency to content. You ask any organization, do they have transparency to all the content that's available in their organization? The answer is going to be no. So we were trying to create transparency, not just within one vertical business, but across all the businesses across every country that's part of Deloitte. That was a huge. And then we have a whole technology element. We were seeking something where the technology didn't exist. It just didn't exist. There were people that were getting into the content curation system, but what we needed, it didn't exist. So we need to make sure that we were creating a partnership uh, where we were building the tech, they were building the technology with us and for us. And that's what we embarked on three and a half years ago. We started with a team of eight. By the time we finished, almost 375 people touched this project. And, um, and so the five articles is trying to synthesize a lot of passion that's the operator, because if you didn't have passion, we would have given up year one on this project. Yeah. Uh, resilience, teamwork, and a vision. And I, these are not in any order, but, yeah. but that's what the, the, this article, these articles are trying to do. And so the first article talks about how we began, and the, and the second article talks about the initial group that we, we assembled and, and what was the mantra there. We talk about then the, the whole principle of test and learn and how might we and doing away for perfection. How do you iterate? A system like this, you better iterate. And, and then, then it has to do with adoption. It's not about change management, it's about adoption. How do you get people to use it and want to use it? And then the last is about the what's next for us with this LXP and the resiliency that, that it really has created in us. And so that's what I, we just wanted to share. We were getting a lot of companies that heard of, that we were doing this, reach out to us and say, what are you doing? What have you learned, et cetera? And we said, you know what? There's some demand to know what we've done is there. Let's put it out there. And that's what the articles are about. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you, huge, huge project, huge accomplishment. And I know you've written those articles on LinkedIn. Uh, and I was going to ask you why you wrote those articles. I know you did a lot of work behind this, but most people, they do great work and then they keep it to themselves. I've heard that, uh, you know, of, of all the hundreds of thousands or millions of people, I mean, on LinkedIn, less than 1% are actually creating content. So why did you actually sit down and write these articles? I know a lot of people are asking about it, but it's still a, a big effort to put those out there. Yeah, so so what we we put those articles, and by the way, it has my name on it. Yep. But yes, I had a part in writing these, but there were there were a few other people that I've acknowledged in my first article that were part of writing this as well with me. So it was a team effort from from the get-go. But the reason we chose to we chose to write it is one, we were getting a lot of inquiry. I can't tell you how many calls I was on where different companies were reaching out saying, tell us more, tell us how you did it. What did you learn? What would you stay away from? What were some of the yeah. tricky spots, et cetera? So one, we wanted to get out there. Two, three and a half years of a lot of people's time is also a way of recognizing the mm. great work that our people have done. I mean, uh, and three, it is knowing based on what we heard, it doesn't exist out there. We wanted to show innovation in the L&D organization. A lot of people say, why did the L&D organization uh, uh, create a content curation system? Why does a knowledge management, why didn't it come out of the knowledge management organization or the technology organization? Well, you know what? We, we, we tore down all those lines. We brought knowledge, knowledge management to the table. We brought technology to the table. We brought uh, L&D, we led it. And we brought all global partners to the table. And so we said, it doesn't matter. No more silos. Our, bit, our organization needs this and we're gonna everybody get in, get on the bus. So the vast amount of teams that were involved, the stakeholders that were involved was abundant on this. Well, I'm glad you put those out there. Hopefully this gives people a taste and they'll go check those out. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and those articles in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, Netta. I've got a few more questions for you in our bonus round, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. And for people that want to find those and connect with you, I imagine the best place to go is LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. We've been, we've been getting a lot of inquiry and it's been very humbling and just be patient trying to get through all of that. <laughs> Love it. I, I know the feeling. Uh, so that's fantastic. All right. So we'll put that in there. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on and sharing Thank and you. I'll see you in the bonus round. Excellent. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for my interview with Netta Schlickman, who is the chief learning officer for Deloitte Tax in the U.S. and globally. I hope you got a lot out of that interview and it got you thinking about your own content creation and learning experience platform. If you want more information about what Netta and her team has set up for the LXP learning experience platform, again, go check out the articles that she has written on LinkedIn. She wrote a series of five articles and we'll link to those in the show notes. And of course, you can also just go look her up on LinkedIn, hit follow or connect and go look at her recent content and go look at those articles. Make sure you're following and connected with me on LinkedIn as well. Let me know you heard me on the podcast. I'm sharing content on an almost daily basis, not just from this podcast, but all kinds of different stuff to inspire you and improve the way you work. And if you want even more inspiration, come join us inside the Talent Development Think Tank community where we're having live calls every Wednesday with guest speakers like Netta, who will be joining us soon. And we also now have a Slack group and a members-only podcast 
And of course, the Q&A, the bonus Q&A with Netta will be available in the bonus content on the Members Only podcast. I asked Netta about her biggest career accomplishments, her biggest mistakes or failures, what she's learned from those, the challenge, the biggest challenge in talent development today, the trend she's following in talent development, the books she recommends. Now, I usually ask a guest for one book recommendation, and Netta gave me, I think, seven there's a lot of great books in there and then her advice for people to advance their careers in talent development. You can check all that out on the members only podcast in the talent development think tank community. If you are not a member, we're still doing, as I recorded this, a $1 trial offer to come check it out. You can join for $1 for the first two weeks. You can get access to the podcast. You can join our live calls for two weeks and see if you like it. And then most people stay after that, but it's up to you. No obligations, no pressure, no hard sales. We're just all about giving value and connecting people, creating a great community that people want to stay in for the long haul. Again, our website to get more information is tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. Thank you again for listening. My name is Andy Storch, and I will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.